Again, church, you give life. It's your prayer. 
Oh, just declare his greatness. Sing it with us. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, we're pouring out our praise because you are the only one that is worthy to be praised. Father God, you are the creator of the universe. You are the creator, Lord God, of everything we see and everything we see brings honor, glory, and praise to you. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your love. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now that you reach into every heart and you, Lord... Find all of our praise and our gratitude and receive it unto you. For God inhabits the praise of his people. But Father God, now I pray that you search our heart and you find every pain, every heartache, every bit of brokenness that we carry. Father God, there's people that are sick, people that are in the hospital like Vivian. I pray healing over her. I pray healing over her husband, Chris. I pray healing over Mike that's having surgery on Monday. I pray, Father God, for Dr. Mike Holton and his family grieving the loss of his wife. Father God, we're praying for Nina Gonzalez and Javier, our drummer, who her wife was in a serious car accident tonight. We pray covering over her and blessing and healing. And we pray, Father God, for a mighty move for everyone that's watching here in this sanctuary and online that, Lord God, they might experience a supernatural power of our healing and delivering God. That you bring deliverance, you bring freedom, you bring majesty into every one of our lives. Father God, might your name be praised forevermore. And we pray all of these things and many more in the name of Jesus Christ and God's people shout out amen praise his name keep praising the name praise his name sing it one more time would you you Lord praise the name of Jesus Christ amen give him praise would you give him praise give him praise give him praise 
Hey, turn to your neighbor today and say, I am so glad you came tonight because God has a word for you. Welcome one another, would you? Young people, we want to go ahead and dismiss our young people to your class. Brother AJ will be there joining you here in the next couple of minutes. So one of our ushers, would you please guide them out? Make sure they're all make it over there safely and stay there with them till uh, AJ's there with them. Brother, here we go. Why is it always my fault? I'm just an easy target. Good evening, my family. We want to welcome you to the house of God. I, sorry for the dead air. I had to make a quick change in the back. I didn't plan on uh, playing drums tonight, but we, I know Pastor mentioned that we want to hold uh, Javier and his wife in our prayers. They had an emergency. She, uh, right before uh, our service, they small little fender bender. I'm downplaying that a little bit, but we'll keep them in prayer. So, uh, church, we want to welcome you. My name is Michael Romero, your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings, and I just need to take a breath for a second. <laughs> Love you, my family. Now, church, um, a few things I want to catch you up on. Tonight is such an awesome night for you to be with us, uh, my family. Uh, tonight, we, we begin a new sermon series tonight. And uh, so I don't want to take too much time away from pastor, but we do want to remind you of a few things coming up. And, and how you can participate. Church, um, uh, mighty men of God, where are you in the house? Amen, mighty men of God. Uh, hey, church, look, uh, we want to invite uh, those men of God. Just this past weekend, we had our sisterhood gathering. And this coming weekend, the second Saturday of every month, as, as some of you might know. Uh, but I want to catch you up. Every second Saturday of the month, the men of God get together for a men's breakfast, also known as a chili cook-off. It just ends up that way. I don't know why. But it's always this chili cook-off. But, hey, church, if, if you, there's a man of God in your life, men, that you want to mentor, maybe it's a young man in your life, maybe it's your brother-in-law that you've been ministering to, maybe, he, maybe somebody, I don't know if they've ever asked you questions like, Dude, you've changed. Like, what's, what's up with you lately, man? You, you used to go out all the time, and now you don't do that anymore. And you've been talking a little bit about, well, the Lord's really doing a work in my life. Guess what? This has been an amazing opportunity for you to bring people like that that are just kind of inquiring about what's going on with you in your life. Say, so, you know what? Let me show you what it's all about. Let me show you true brotherhood. Let me cho- show you true, true brotherhood. And so, so church, invite people like that uh, into, your, into your, your circle here at church. And that circle this Saturday will be the men's breakfast. It is a potluck style. So if you want to bring your favorite treat, maybe it's 
Maybe it's a dozen of donuts. It doesn't have to be anything that you cook. Maybe your gift isn't cooking, right? But maybe your gift is buying donuts or something, right? Or orange juice or whatever, the, whatever it may be. But just come in, and if you don't bring anything, you, that doesn't disqualify you from being here either. So church, come and make it. Men of God, make it in. Uh, speaking of things for the, for the men of God, uh, every quarter we participate with, outside, with an outside ministry that is called Men of Honor. Um, we partner with a ministry called New Mexico Praise, P-R-A-Y-S, uh, that we pray. So church, uh, this is one of those ministries that we, under New Mexico Praise umbrella, and it's called Men of Honor. And they have a quarterly meeting and a quarterly night of worship with some phenomenal teachers and that are coming from within our city, our state, as well as around the country and worldwide speakers as well. And we want to invite you to that as well. It's going to be January the 27th at Casa del Rey Church. That's uh, it's centrally located. It's a great location right there on Coors and I-40, Casa del Rey. And so January the 27th, and that's going to take place uh, from 9 a.m. to 11. That's on a Saturday morning from 9 to 11. So not the same Saturday that I'm talking about men of or what is it? What did I just say? Man's breakfast. This is man of honor, right? Not the same Saturday. So we're talking a couple Saturdays from this Saturday. It's going to be at Casa del Rey, the Men of Honor Rally. So we want to uh, encourage the men of God to participate in those two ministries. And of course, all the other ministries that we have going on here at New Beginnings Church. You guys know the monthly stuff that we have. And if you don't, I want to encourage you to download our NBC ABQ app. You can find it on uh, Apple. Uh, platform as well as Google Android uh, platform. It's just search for NBC ABQ. That's all you got to do is search for NBC ABQ and you could download our app and find out what's going on. Never miss out on especially we just started our um, spring semester and so we want to invite you to uh, participate in some of those classes that we have going on that will teach you and lead you and guide you into a deeper walk of your faith and learn a little bit more about what's going on it's more than just sitting here on Sundays and Wednesdays, amen? It's about digging in and really leaning in, not for knowledge's sake, not just for that. That's helpful, but really to lean in and get closer to the Lord, to understand Him a little bit more, amen? We want to encourage you to do that. You can do all that uh, by downloading our app, NBC ABQ. Uh, and while you're in that app, church, that bottom right-hand corner, right, that little heart, we can't do it without the heartbeat of the church, and that's yours and my faithful obedience in the tithes, right? It's not, it's not because of the kindness of our heart that we want to give 10%. It's because the Lord's saying, I need your 10% to expand my kingdom and to reach those people around the world. That's why you and I do it, okay? Uh, it, we, and we go over and above that with our offering. And so we thank you so much, church, for your obedience in the tithes because we're able to do all of that with the obedience, amen? So church, if you want to know how to participate in that, you can do that on the screen behind me. Uh, ways to give digitally on the app. You can do it on our website. Or you can also do it, uh, if you just pick up an envelope and you have cash. Maybe it's just 5 or $10, it's fine. And one of those tithing boxes at uh, the entryways into this sanctuary. Church, like I said, I don't want to take too much time, but I say thank you so much for, in your faithful obedience to the tithe. You are making a difference more than you know. Love you, church. Turn your attention to the screen.
truly, truly thank God for these guys that helped me up the stairs. Man, ever since, ever since I had this hip surgery, man, I, I just don't have my legs back all the way. And I'm like, man. So thank you, Richard, and all the other guys that helped out. Um, man, uh, someone got really amazing, amazing news this morning because uh, Pastor Chris Cleveland, the pastor over at under his construction, became a grandpa this morning. Congratulations, Grandpa. I didn't see him earlier, otherwise we would have uh, said something, but he's a grandpa in Oswald. He walked in late. He's coming in. <laughs> but uh, a little girl, right? And what's her name? Adia. Adia. Adia Cleveland, little baby girl. So congratulations. Hey, a, sa a Friday... I know Saturday, this Saturday is the men's breakfast, this Saturday. So, men, please come out, bring your own breakfast. We cook it here. So you, if you want chorizo or you want bacon or, or eggs or whatever, bring it and we cook it here. Uh, but, but so that's Saturday. Friday, we do our food distribution. We're going to do about 12,000 pounds of food. So I need volunteers, okay? Dress warm. I do want you to know I, I, I bought those big old outdoor heaters so that those of you working could be warmed up and, uh, and stay warm. The people getting food are going to be indoors till they, it's time for them to receive their food. But volunteers, I hope you'll be here. We really need your help this Friday starting at 10 o'clock in the morning. Guys, I am kicking off a new sermon series. It's not, um, it's not an original title. Uh, Family Matters, some of you might be old enough to remember there was a TV show named Family Matters with uh, Urkel, remember? And, uh, and, and the cool big brother, you know, uh, and, and uh, he, he's actually been to our church a few times, and uh, it's really neat to have met him. But, but, but I, I want to use that name, Family Matters, and, and play, play it from two ways. One, our families matter. They matter to us, amen? They matter to our life. They matter to us as a married couple. They matter to us as single parents. They matter to us as children. They matter to us as parents and, and on and on. <coughs> our families matter. But I also want to deal with family matters, matters that, that we deal with, stuff that we have going on, and stuff that happens in family. How many have ever noticed that nothing happens in a family at a convenient time? Have you ever noticed that? Crisis always comes up at the most inconvenient time. Like you got a birthday party planned and something happened. The cake burned or the, the, the food burned or, or the jumper wasn't delivered or just something goes wrong. It, it, it's like we have issues in our family sometimes that we refuse to deal with. We refuse to even look at, and, and we just ignore. And so I want to start off talking about getting it all together, trying to get it together in our family, trying to say, okay, where are we? Let's take an inventory of our family and really see where we are because sometimes we're all living under the same roof, but we're not living together. Have you ever noticed that? Everyone's doing their own thing. 
It's like Cindy and I are really trying to put our phones down when we have dinner or, or a meal or, or just together because it seems like forever we're on our phone. We're on our phone scrolling. We're on our phone looking. We're on our phone. Some of you are on your phone right now because you're taking notes for the sermon. Some of you because you're having fun playing uh, Tetris or, or, or Candy Crush or something. You know what I mean? It's like we, we're addicted to these crazy little objects that are taking time away from our family. And there's dynamics in our family that we really need to address. So if you turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7, we're going to start in Matthew chapter 7 and verses 1 through 5. And in these verses, it says, do not judge others. So in the family, let's try not to judge others. Well, I do more work than you. I already threw out the trash. It's your turn to throw out the trash. And on and on and on. I'm sure that never happens in your house. It's only Cindy and I left in our house, and we still have those disagreements. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. E, did you hear that? So start respecting your parents. Parents, start respecting your children. And respect one another, your brothers and sisters. The standard that you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? So you're all worried about your brother, your sister, your mom, or your dad, or your husband, or your wife, and you've got this big old log sticking out of your eye, but they got a speck. I've already told that before, but I, I picture it like this. Here you have the log in your eye. And you go, did you see that little speck in your eye? And they're going, what about you? You got this big old log sticking out of your eye. So he says, he says, when you can't see past the log in your own eye, he goes, hypocrite. First get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. So, God, I pray that we could really help each other, but mainly, God, help me tonight. Help us individually. Help everyone watching online to really learn how to get the speck out of our eyes and, and really get it all together because we really need to get it together. And, God, there's a lot of issues going on, and we ignore them and we don't deal with them, but tonight we want to get honest and, and look at our family and say, God, we want a better family in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, these are some reasons that we should get it all together. One is because our relational problems are mostly our problems. Now, hear me out. When you have a problem with somebody, a lot of times the problem's with you. It's maybe how you're perceiving it, how you're seeing it, how you're receiving it, how you took it, how you're just thinking about it, how you're floating it around in your mind, but it's your problem, and it's really not the problem that, that, that you think is really going on. Another reason is I'm the only one that can change. In other words, you're the only one that can change you. You can't change anyone, and we want to change people all the time. 
and we want to force them to get into this mold that we want them to be in when we don't even stay in that mold. So we need to realize that we've got to get it together because we can't change anybody. And, and another thing, we've got to understand that if I change, everything changes. Haven't you ever noticed that? Have you ever gotten up in a bad mood or someone in the house got up in a bad mood and then you finally change your mood or they finally change their mood and everything changes because you finally changed. It's like, wow, this is wonderful. This is really great. It was like the grandpa that fell asleep on the porch and his grandkids messed with him so they got liverworth cheese. That's that real stinky cheese that smells like feet. And they put it on his mustache and he woke up and he went, oh my gosh, it stinks out here in the porch. So he went to the back porch. He goes, oh my gosh, it stinks out here in the back porch. Then he went in the living room. It stinks in the living room. Oh, my gosh, it stinks in the bedroom. He goes, the whole world stinks. No, it's your upper lip. You, you see, sometimes it's us that need to make the change. Another reason we need to change is dealing with myself will help others deal with themselves. Like Pastor Michael said at the beginning of this, if, if, if you start making some changes, and people start going, dude, what's so different about you? Say, man, I, I finally got it right with God, and I've been going to church. Then you invite them to men's breakfast, and they come out, and they're, you're hanging out with 50 or 60 guys, and you're realizing, wow, coming to church isn't just for a bunch of little sissies or, or for women. It's for men as well. And, and this is awesome. I'm becoming a man of God, and this is really cool. I think I, I want to be a man of God. Matter of fact, now I am a man of God. And then you start developing, and you really become a leader. And, 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 but when you start dealing with you, others start changing. And another reason we need to get it all together is I'm the one that God is most concerned about. Now, he's concerned about you, but he's most concerned about me in me. See, he's not concerned about you for me. He's concerned about me for me. Yeah, are, are you with me? And, and too many times we're trying to fix somebody else where we can't even fix ourselves. So we need to get it all together as a family. And the first thing we really need to do is sometimes really call like a family meeting and admit the changes that need to be made. Admit the changes that need to be made. Sometimes, mom or dad, you, you need to back off a little bit. Mom or dad, you guys are like vicious. You guys are hardcore. Your, your kids are just kids. And you're expecting them to function like adults. And, and, and sometimes, kids, you're expecting your mom and dad to be perfect. And even though sometimes they think they are, guess what? They're not. Where none of us are. So we need to admit where we are. Where are we at our family and what needs to change in our family? What needs to change? Well, we need to start speaking to each other with kindness. We need to start treating each other with love. We need to start respecting one another. We need to start acknowledging each other. We need to start supporting one another. And, and you build that list of things that you want to bring into your household and the changes you want to make to make it a stronger home. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 28, verse 13 and 14, it says right there that people who conceal their sins will not prosper, but if you confess and turn them uh, from them, you will receive mercy. And blessed are those who fear to do wrong for the stubborn are headed for serious trouble. So it's saying, 
finally fess up and say, you know what, yeah, you know what, we really do need to make some changes in our family. Uh, let's make those changes. Let's change the things we need to and really do it in a way that will bring glory and, and joy in our home. Romans chapter 12, verse 18 says, do all that you can do to live in peace with one another. So don't you enjoy it when you have peace in your household? Don't you enjoy it when your brothers, your children are getting along with their brothers and sisters? So start admitting that there's changes that you need to make in your household. We're not going to scream at each other. We're going to talk to each other in an indoor voice. We're going to talk to each other with respect. We're not going to use foul language. We're going to be loving and caring. So admit that changes have to take place in the household to get it all together. Another thing you really need to do is identify your unrealistic expectations of others. Uh, in that little family meeting, when you get it all together, admit that there's some unrealistic expectations. Some of you are expecting your five-year-old kid to do their own laundry, and, and they're just not quite there yet. Now, you can, they can help. I mean, literally, at five, they can start, okay, bring your dirty clothes over here. Now, this is the way we do it. Separate the white. No, no, that's not white. That's, that's, that's blue. Put the, the colors over here. And, but you start, but don't expect them to be a 15-year-old if they're only five. But sometimes our 15-year-old acts like they're five. And that's when it's like, okay, we love each other, but you got to quit being a little baby and step up, and you got to learn to do your own laundry. you got to learn to help in this household. But be realistic. No one's perfect. What good is it if your kid makes their bed and they really do it the best they can and you come in, you call this making a bed, and you tear it all up, and you redo it, and it's like, well, I don't even know why you asked me to do it. I thought it looked pretty good. It didn't pass the military inspection, but it, 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 it was pretty nice. Now, if it's just all, you know, then no, no, no. We're going to do this right. But don't have unrealistic expectations on your loved ones because we put these demands on people. Man, we, we expect our husband to do things that they might not know how to do. Your husband might not be a mechanic. He might not be a carpenter. He might not be a plumber. He might mess it up so no one else could fix it, you know? It's like, I mean, we, we got to be realistic. If, if, if your wife doesn't cook good, help her learn but if not then step up and 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 you cook and 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 help her learn and and do things together make a great arrangements make agreements but have realistic expectations not unrealistic sometimes we put demands that are that are not even fair and then we don't know why there's so much tension in the house and we 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 got to get it together let's become a one let's become a family Let's become one. Let's become together. Everyone's different. Man, you could, you might even just have one kid. But that one kid's not even like either one of you. Everyone has a different personality. 
So don't say, I wish you were more like your brother. Don't, don't say that. Because it puts a lot of pressure on both brothers. Because the one that's messing up and says, oh, I always got to be like you. And then the good one's going like, oh, don't do that. Then my brother hates my guts. My sister hates my guts. Instead, say, you know what? How can I help you improve this? What can I do to come alongside of you? Let's, let's see how we could do this better. Look what it says in Romans 15, 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him, then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. So you're going to have hope. You're going to have promise. You're going to have encouragement. You're going to be able to uplift and, and build up. You're not going to be always just negative, negative, negative. Yo, you didn't pass the test. I got the white glove. I'm checking on the bottom, on the top. I'm checking on the bottom. I'm checking on the sides. I'm checking inside. I'm checking outside. I'm checking even in the construction. Oh, my gosh. Be real. So be as genuine as you can, but, but identify your unrealistic expectations and say, God, man, I'm hardcore as a dad. Man, Lord, I'm really hardcore as a mom. Lord, I'm really hardcore as a big sister, as a big brother. I'm hardcore as my, as the little one. I, I, I'm not even realistic. This isn't real. So get real and have a talk with God and ask him to show you and admit the changes that you have to make in your family and then identify real ways of getting there and approaching that and, and get rid of these unrealistic expectations and get real expectations that you guys could achieve. That's why in our household, I know that when we were, you know, helping guide our children to, to grow up and, and they were young, my wife made a chart and she would say, okay, cleaned up after breakfast. If, she, if, if you did it, you got a star and made your bed, you got a star put your clothes in the hamper, you got a star. Brush your teeth, you got a star. And she, man, I was all proud. I had all kinds of stars. <laughs> but, but all kidding aside, she, she really did that for the kids. And, and, and they would even hold themselves accountable and each other accountable. I mean, my daughter would go, Ricky, you didn't brush your teeth yet. Oh, yeah, that's right. But it wasn't like a pick, like I brushed my teeth and you didn't brush your teeth. No, it was, they were just encouraging each other to accomplish their goals. So try to make some realistic and, 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 and real goals and, 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 and realistic expectations that you have for your family. And then another thing we need to do, a third thing is, is allow your feelings to indicate you, not to dictate you. Now let me tell you what I mean by that. Our feelings could really be a blessing, but they could also mess us up. Have you ever just jumped right away in, in, in a moment because your feelings got hurt or your feelings got raised and all of a sudden you're saying things or doing things that later it's, it's dictating you, it's guiding you instead of indicating you. Your feelings ought to indicate like, hey, 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 okay, 
I know you're all riled up right now, but calm down. Indicate you. I need to mellow out. Don't get crazy. Don't start throwing things around the house. Don't, don't start screaming at the kids out of control. Don't start beating them. Don't start hurting them. Don't start scaring everyone in the house. My feelings are, are hurt right now. I'm angry. I need to chill. They need to indicate what I need to do. They need to indicate how I need to approach this. They need to indicate how I need to handle this. They need to indicate and direct how I need to really be able to take care of this. Because if I don't follow the indications, I'll go into the dictations and I'll start being a dictator and I'll start doing really dumb things that hurt people and end up hurting our family. And then I push my kids away, I push my wife away, I push my husband away, I push my daughter or son away, my brother or sister, <coughs> because we allowed our feelings to dictate us and guide us and ignite us instead of indicate to us what we need to do. It's like your gas gauge is an indicator that you're running low on fuel, that you need to make changes or you're going to be stranded on the side of the road. Your, your temperature light is an indicator light that the car is running right or wrong, and if you need to address it because it's overheating, it's an indication that something's wrong. So let your feelings be an indication to you to indicate to you that something's happening that you need to approach differently than you normally do. Because I'm telling you, it's, and, and, and have a meeting about it. Have a meeting with whoever you're involved in. Say, hey, this is how this child reacts and responds. Because every child reacts and responds differently. Haven't you noticed that? To one, you could say, give a directive. And to another, if you give a directive, why do I have to do that? Who said it? You know, they stand up to you and... But if you approach it differently and say, hey, teach me how I can help you do this so we need to get, get this done, and, and they, they soften up. and it, So let them be indicators that there's, there's issues going on that you need to deal with. Look what it says in R Romans chapter 12, verse 17. He says, never pay back evil with more evil, but do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. You see, when your family, when your husband or wife, or your son or daughter, your brother or sister, or your dad or mom starts seeing your attitude is not to fight, but it's really to honor and say, how, how can we accomplish this? I know there's something wrong. My indicator light went on. I know you're upset with me. Or I know we're not communicating right now. I know something's not clicking. I, I, I realize that. So how, let's calm everyone down and let's sit so that we can hear each other out. And, and that's why I tell people a lot of times, let's hear each other's heart instead of just words. Because we start judging the words and we get defensive and we get upset and we get so let it be an indicator of your feelings. Romans chapter 12, verse 21 says, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. 
Now, I don't know if there's ever been any times in your life where you calmed down enough and you chilled out enough and you didn't do what you wanted to do at that moment. Like at that moment, oh my gosh. We used to say in Spanish, sin rabio. He got rabies, in other words. Man, he's like foaming at the mouth. But you end up chill out and you go, God, keep me calm, keep me calm. Don't let me say what I'm going to say. Don't let me do what I'm thinking of doing. And you don't do it. You don't say it. You, you, you really, and you walk away and you go, yeah, baby, I did it. Man. I did good. And that's what it says there. Don't let evil conquer, but conquer evil by doing good. And then you can pat yourself on the back and go, yeah, you did good. Way to go. You did it. You overcame. You let your indicator light let you know something was going wrong, and you adjusted your attitude, you adjusted your reaction, you adjusted how you were going to respond, and you did great. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 and 27, it says, don't sin by letting anger control you. Man, you know, I've said it before, when someone's so mad, they kick the dog, bite the cat, and knock a hole in the wall. You know what I mean? It's like, man, uh-oh, dad's mad, mom's mad. You know, and, and, and it says don't let anger uh, just get out of control. It, it says don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Man, if you go to bed mad, have you ever noticed how you stew in it all night long? And that's like being on a crock pot. Man, when you wake up in the morning, you're done. You're ready. Let's go to town. You wake up, and you're ready to throw blows. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever noticed someone that goes to bed mad, and they, they wake up in the morning, they're already screaming. You go, I just woke up. I, I know I couldn't have upset you. No, they saved it from last night. They stewed in it all night long. See, we've got to really get a grip on these things. We need to calm down. We need to say, I can't do that. We got to get it together. As a family, we got to pull together. We got to understand each other's just attitudes. We have to understand each other's temperament. We've got to understand each other's communication skills. Sometimes we don't know how to communicate well. So you might even have to get your kid in there. Hey, what, what is your brother trying to tell me? And then the, the little one interprets for him. And you go, really? That's what he said? Yeah. And you look at the older one. Is that what, really what you wanted to say? Yeah. Well, why didn't you say that? Well, I thought I was. Because sometimes they're saying something that they think they're saying, but they're communicating something totally different. And it really gets crazy. So that's why you don't go to bed angry. You, you, you release it to the Lord. You don't let anger control you. You don't get crazy and start just going off. You, you don't let the sun go down while you're angry and stewing it all night. And it says, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. That foothold is just that foot in the door where you can't close the door anymore. And he got that anger in there. And now the devil is having a blast messing up the family. And now there's all kinds of tension in the family. There's all kinds of tension in the home. It, it's like... Oh, my gosh. How's big brother acting today? 
the big brother has the the temperature gauge in their house. They're the ones setting the the attitude thermostat or big sister is or little sister is or dad is or mom is. You know what I'm talking about? That member in the family that has control over the attitude, over the atmosphere, over everything. And then you wonder why this is so out of control and it's because you have not responded well to the indicators of the Holy Spirit. And then last, if we really want to bring it together, allow God, God, to take you to the root of your problems. A lot of times the problems isn't that they're on TV all the time or they're on, on, on gaming all the time. Or No, there's a deeper root to the problem. There's something that's happening a lot deeper in that person, in the family, and sometimes we fail to see it. We miss it altogether. Our son or daughter is hurting, and we don't really connect because we're distracted by something else. Sometimes they're escaping to something that we don't totally understand, but they're hiding themselves because they're so wounded and so hurt and so tired of, of being neglected and ignored. And so ask God to really show you about you, but ask God to show you about your family. Look what it says in Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. He says, search me, O God. Search me. Search me. That's... Now, if you're going to read this and pray this, you better be ready for what's coming. Because you're saying, search me and know my heart. Sometimes we even play little games. Sometimes we like to stir up our kids just to show, you think you're all that? Look at this. I'll get you all riled up. I'll get my mom all riled up. Watch this. I'm going to get my dad all crazy. Watch this. And man, why do they want to do that? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. So put me to the test. See see where I'm kind of freaking out. Show me where I'm kind of going a little too far. Because I'm really anxious. In other words, I am stressed right now. I am really beyond out of control right now. I'm like, I, I don't know how to control this. I don't know how to get it back together. I'm, man, I'm, I'm ready to, I don't want to just kick the dog and bite the cat. Oh, my gosh. I might eat the cat. I, I'm just sat, are, are you with me? You know when you've been there. And he's saying, test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me or in our family that offends you. Lead me along the path of everlasting life. So he's saying, okay, God, this is what I need. I need you to show me if I'm doing something to mess everything up or is my wife doing something to mess everything up. Or, But be honest, okay? Because he might show you your thing, but you could point out your wife's right away. 
hey, you know what God showed me about you? <laughs> and she might say, well, you know what God showed me about you? But be honest. Say, God, show, show us what's going on. Is it me? What can I change? What can my wife change? What can my son and daughter change? What could change in the dynamics of our home? Because God, I'm telling you, we got problems in our family, and we need to get to the root of this. And you know what some of the root problems are? The most common root problem. The first one is spiritual emptiness. That there's a spiritual void in the family. So fathers, dads, take the lead in your household. Download an app or something that has devotionals in it. And say, we need to turn to the Lord. And we're going to start. And get the whole family together. And don't go into 30-minute, 40-minute, hour-long preaching. You could do a devotional in about 15 minutes. You read the scripture. You say, okay, we're going to read this. Let's pray. You read the scripture. You read the story. And then you go, what do you think about that? What do, what do you think about that? And you, and you pr bring spirituality back into your household. There's a spiritual void. And if you're a Christian man or you're a Christian woman and, and your kids aren't Christian, it's hard because you're expecting them to be Christians, but they're not. But still lead them in your Christian home. If, if you're a single woman, you need to lead your children. If you're a single man, lead your children. Now, if your parents are not Christians and you are. Say, Mom, Dad, you know what? I'd love to do this with you all. But bring spirituality. Bring just prayer. Let's pray together. And then there's emotional woundedness. There's families that have hurt each other. We've said things. We've done things. We've hurt each other. And we've communicated in painful ways before. And we've done things that aren't very nice. And we should change. And we need to say, you know what? I know I, I, I really wounded you. I've even made fun of you when you were crying. Oh, you're crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're the man of the house. Oh. <laughs> hey, even men get wounded. Men, be aware when you wound your wife. Or your children wound your wife. Be aware when you wound your children so that you can make things right. And then there's behavioral unhealthiness that we have to deal with. Sometimes there's a behavior in your household that's just wrong. Sometimes your kids are trying to run the house and, and, and they're, they're bringing in music that's disgusting. You need to say, I'm sorry. We're not going to have a bunch of F-bomb music around here. We're not going to have that kind of music. We're going to have some sacred music in our household. And there's some really good music out there, guys. Now, some of us old people, we don't listen to, to certain kind of music. But you know what? Your children do. Your children listen to, to rap and they listen to hip-hop. And, and there's a lot of awesome Christian rap and hip-hop and stuff you could turn on to.
Kingdom Music is an, a, an amazing tool. But they're not the only one. There's a lot of resources out there. And you need to tap into them. There's behavioral issues and unhealthiness that you need to correct. Some of you parents don't discipline your kids by spanking them. You're beating them. And you need to back off. You need to change your ways. See, there's, there's behaviors that are causing division in the household. And we need to get it all together. So I really want to encourage us as families to say, God, help us to get it together. Help us because our families matter. They matter to us and help us deal with the matters of our family because we really want to conquer, we want to overcome, we want to make a strong environment for our family to really have success. Isn't that what you want? I know it's what I want. And I continue to seek. And we really are trying to create an atmosphere in our household to always honor God and respect each other. So I pray that this series is going to help you to really deal with the matters in your family because your family matters. And if you're not a Christian, I hope that you would surrender, that you would quit calling the shots in your own life and finally say, I'm going to call it God's way and not my way. I'm going to release it to him and not to me. So if you've never given your life to Jesus and you want to, raise your hand. Say, you know what? I've never made that commitment, Pastor. Today I would want to do that. Anyone here tonight? Anyone? Well, then I just want to pray with us. Let's pray that God really restore our family. The damage we've done, the hurts we've done, Tonight, we're going to say, God, we, we want to make it right. We're going to admit that we have to make some changes in our home. We're going to have some kind of a meeting and identify the unrealistic expectations we've been setting in our household, and we're really going to make things right. And God, we need you to help our feelings that we're, that we're not guided and directed by our feelings, but we're indicated that something's wrong and we need to deal with it. So, Lord, would you guide us to the root of the problem and uproot the problems and plant goodness and mercy into our life? Would you stand with me as we close tonight? And if any of you have an issue or just something that you've been carrying, maybe your family's going through a difficult thing and you want to bring it to the altar, there's people that want to pray with you. But let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love and mercy. Thank you that, Father God, you really care about our families and you want us to get it together. So, Lord, help us to not settle for less. Help us not to be complacent, just say, well, it is what it is. But to say, God, I've identified some things that have to change in our household. And, Lord, I've identified that a lot of those are me. So help us. Help us as individuals to make those changes. Help us as individuals to change the things that we can and then to surrender to you the things that we cannot. Father God, let us really look at the expectations that we hold within our household. Show us which ones are unrealistic and which ones are real. And let us live off of reality, not fabricated attitudes and conducts and motives, Lord. 
I pray, Father God, that we really align ourselves up to really walk in a manner that brings glory to you. So, Father God, I pray that you continue to show us the path that we need to stay on. Help heal the wounds that we've created. Help heal the damage that we have done. Help heal the hurts that we have made and that we sometimes even keep open. Father God, bring healing in our homes and healing in our lives. We thank you, Lord. And we pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ and God's people said amen. I love you, church. God bless you. You're dismissed to go change the world. Don't forget, Friday I need visitors, our volunteers to help distribute food.